Wait, let me let me check my heart rate. Oh, look <sighs> at you go. Well, you know, <clears throat> I have to these days. Mm. All right, let, let's wait for the watch to tell me I'm good to go. Okay. And we are good to go. Excellent. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com to check out all of our back episodes. You can engage with us on social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will say this most emphatically give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts to appease. The algorithm gods. Mm-hmm. Was that exciting enough? Sure. I'm totes. excited. Totes. We, we have a lot to talk about on this show. Yeah, we got quite a lot. So strap in, people. It's going to be a bumpy night. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to preface this right now. Coming up later in this show, a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, ah, I saw it today. Dwight saw it today, too. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Then we will talk about it. I did that. not ask him how it was or anything. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. So do us a favor, everybody, our 20 listeners or 22. Hopefully we have increased. Um, stick with us because coming up later, my review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Anyway, so why don't you kick us off today? You have more stuff. You should kick us off. All right. I think I will. So, you know how I always rail on Peacock? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I'm I'm watching standard TV, and it's everything from football to just whatever the hell, right? Well, I see the promos for these two shows. One of them is called American Auto. And the other one is called Grand Crew. Now, both of these are going to be NBC shows. So I'm kind of doing them back to back because even though they don't premiere until January, Peacock is running the first two episodes of each of those shows right now. Hmm. Hmm. So, so I was like, hmm, let's, you know, let's check these out. And I've got to say... I like them both. So Grand Crew is it is a show that you could call it the black version of Friends, but I don't want to marginalize it like that. That's wrong. It is about several friends who just happen to be African-American. And and the show, it's about their ups and downs and and how they all meet at a wine bar and just talk about love and life and relationships. And it's funny. And, you know, it's just light like that. And I was completely hooked. Hmm. And it's actually kind of narrated by Garrett Morris, who was one of the original cast members of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I was like, really? And what I like that he does at the beginning of the pilot episode is he says that, African-Americans have a multitude of tastes 
and likes and dislikes and and we are nuanced. So he immediately, by breaking the fourth wall, is saying, don't judge this show, just watch it and learn that we can be just like you. We are just like you and, and, and all of that. So, and the reason I bring that up is because I, I love this show and, and it is literally just like friends. As a matter of fact, one of the characters wears a hat in the friends font, but it's more like crew or, or, you know, something like that where it's, it's friends, but not friends to kind of set the tone just with some wardrobe. And I love that show. Now the first two episodes of that are on Peacock. And then there is a show called American auto. And it is about the executives of the fictional pain motor company who have to adapt to changing times because Anna Gasteyer has taken over as CEO of the company and she has come from a pharma company mm-hmm. and she knows zip about cars. Nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. And it's in the vein of The Office and it's in the vein of Parks and Rec where it's kind of that re- that reality show without doing the sidebar interviews that The Office did and Parks and Rec did. Okay. So so same kind of comedy without the breaking the fourth wall interview of reality like reality-ish TV. Okay. I I, I like this show too. Oh. Hmm. And and is it is it groundbreaking comedy? Absolutely not. No no way under the sun is it groundbreaking comedy. But what I liked about it was its charm and its ease to watch, you know, and both of these shows, American Auto and Grand Crew, are very bingeable. As a matter of fact, after watching both episodes of both of these shows, I wanted more. So you can catch the first two episodes of each of those shows right now on Peacock. Ugh. Peacock. <laughs> and then the shows themselves debut on... Uh, NBC in January, and then you can catch them on Hulu. And I'm also assuming Peacock, you know, as the shows happen every week. Okay. So when you mentioned American Auto and Grand Crew, I immediately thought reality car guy shows. Okay. I didn't realize they were sitcoms at all. Just oh, from the titles I'm alone. Sorry. Just from the titles alone. I My bad. Yes, both no, are sitcoms. No, it's not your bad at all. It's not. Well, clearly now we know, but it was funny because yes. I'm like, Peacock, NBC is going to do like reality car shows like they have on what, like History and Discovery Channel and TLC. Ugh. Oh my God, that would be that would mean the apocalypse is happening. I, but right? No. That's what I was like. Oh, oh man. No, no, no. <laughs> No, they are they are traditional sitcoms. And I can actually see both of those lasting for seasons upon seasons too. I hope so. Speaking of Discovery, uh Discovery Plus, which I now have six months for free because I bought a new phone from Verizon. They are not sponsoring us in any way. But we are open to negotiation. Indeed we are. There's a brand new uh documentary on there about LuLaRoe, that multi-level marketing scammer pyramid scheme people 
who sell clothes to white suburban moms, uh, leggings in particular, with really ugly ass patterns that are poorly constructed and made and yada yada, creating, you know, penises on your cooch. If you recall that from the I previous do. documentary I mentioned. From the previous Amazon. episode where we mentioned penises on your cooch. Is that what you said? On your cooch. Oh my yeah. God, my virgin ears. <laughs> this one is called The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. And it will tell you everything you may have heard if you watched the previous documentary on Amazon. Um, but this one has more recent developments of some of these lawsuits, as well as firsthand accounts from sources who are speaking out for the first time. So they're talking with the, the retailers or, you know, the ladies who buy the stuff and have been screwed over the warehouse workers, uh, designers, and other people who've been impacted by this whole scandal. And I am still shocked and amazed that these people are still in business. They're still in business? They are still in business. People are still signing up to sell this shit. People are still buying this shit. And really, this is shit clothing. <laughs> if you want to talk about throwaway clothing, that is what LuLaRoe is. It is poorly made. The fabric is practically see-through. And some people were getting stuff that already had holes in it. And wow. they, they aren't looking at the patterns that they're putting together. As they put them together, which is why people end up with like penis looking shit on their, on their vag, on the <laughs> you know, right where, right at your crotch. Just when I was thinking you were going to say the word cooch. <laughs> your cooch, your vag, your, your crotch, all of that. Oh my God. All that. That's where you end up with these <laughs> Eiffel Tower penises coming out of you. Welcome to our Christmas show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, this is our Christmas show, by the way. Merry Christmas, everybody. How, how, how. <laughs> so, yeah, this, it was, I liked it. It was pretty good. Um, if you don't have Discovery Plus, don't waste your time getting it because you could watch this with your Amazon Prime because it's the same documentary, essentially, just different people telling you the same story and how these people are horrible pyramid scheme people. And scam artists and crooks. Um, yeah. And that's over on Amazon. That's another LuLaRoe thing. Same. Wow. Same bad company. <laughs> different documentary. <laughs> there are many of these. This one is brought to you by BuzzFeed. The BuzzFeed news people. They mm -hmm. are the ones who broke the story in the first place. They're the ones who first brought it to light how pyramidy, scammy LuLaRoe was. And that's where this one came from. So, so do you learn do you learn anything new? No, you just meet new people who've been fucked over. Um, there's one guy who was in air quotes discovered by uh one of the family members of LuLaRoe people. Um he he's like a park, I don't know. He 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 does acrobatics and they brought him in like to entertain at these uh, motivational group meetings where they just talk about how much money they make and try to inspire the younger ones who've just started with their, their business, their in air quotes business um, to do it. And he brought his mom on one of these cruises that are incentives for the retailers. Mm -hmm. And then his mom got roped into selling this shit. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, yeah. And there's an interview with a woman who actually is for real an entrepreneur, but she's not a LuLaRoe person. And she's, you know, she's taught looking at it from the entrepreneurial, I have my own business side where LuLaRoe tells these, all these multi-level marketing people, tell the women who sign up for the shit, you are a, you own your own business and you can make full-time money with these part-time hours. And this entrepreneur lady's like, um, then you've got a shitty business if you're trying to do that. Because if you own your own business, you're working pretty much 24-7 to to break even she was telling you the reality of true entrepreneurship and that kind of thing when you're starting up from scratch you know how long is this documentary oh i think it's only like in two hours or so not even maybe so did you get more out of this one or the original one that you watched um well well hmm it's a good question. This one talked with some other people. They talked to a cult expert and he he's like he has brought in to pull people out of MLMs because they are like a cult. You are sucked in by these people calling you boss babe and shit and how you're forced to be positive about this company and how great it is and you're fooling yourself into thinking you're actually making money when you're not. And yes, that these were some newer aspects of it was the entrepreneur lady who's really an entrepreneur and the guy who's the cult expert. Wow. Yeah, those were some interesting side sidebars to it all. So um, if you want to see a train wreck to. happen. Yeah, if you want a train wreck to happen, sit down with your Amazon Prime LuLaRoe documentary, follow it up with Disney uh, Discovery Plus, Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. Okay. Yeah, you'll get a big picture look at these fuckers. And a hoo-ha on your hoo-ha. Indeed. Yes. Did I tell you, did you tell me that you watched Wheel of Time? I have been watching the Wheel of Time, yes. We started, and, and Mayor of Kingstown as well? I don't know that I know that one. Okay. So we picked up Wheel of Time. I know mm-hmm. that we talked about it because there's the, you know, white tower. And yes. Blah, blah, blah. And the the uh, dark one is coming to rule the land. Right. So. Uh, all right. We picked it up and now we're kind of in deep. We're like four or five episodes deep. Into yeah, I'm now. I'm still going. So I'm in deep, too. Even and though you know what? It seems really cliche and rehashed, same old shit, but it's fantasy and I don't have any other really good fantasy thing going on. And you know what? The Witcher premiered this week, but we've had The Witcher season two, so we cannot wait to watch that. We we are probably going to go back and watch Witcher season one first just to refresh Mm, and then dive into Witcher two, Mm -hmm. but... But Wheel of Time is actually a really good kind of placeholder. Yeah. You know, it, it's the snack you get on your way to dinner. And it's mm-hmm. it's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just a lot of the, the themes are those fantasy tropes that are very, oh, yeah. you've, you've heard it all before. 
they're very cliche, but the it's one entertaining. person who can save the world and he is fated to do this or she, because we don't know if it's he or she yet, because there's five that may be the dragon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yawn. But it, it's kind of fun to watch, really. And it actually does have a, a pretty diverse cast. Oh, it I does. It definitely that. has a very diverse cast, even it though it's the dark one in the White Tower. Right. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's that going on. But it does have a diverse cast, so I'm willing to see where it goes. Yeah. I have my theory of who is going to be evil in the end and who is actually going to be good. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. Okay. And then we, we also, and this is just little sidebar shit. Um, mm-hmm. We picked up Mayor of Kingstown, the Jeremy Renner show on Paramount+. Plus. And it, uh, Kyle Chandler and Jeremy Renner play brothers, hmm. and they are the intermediaries, the the unofficial official intermediaries between the prisoners in this prison and the law enforcement in this town. And and it's and it's really really a weird sort of thing because they broker a sort of peace in the community based on uh, what gangsters need and what people need and people come to them because usually they have a loved one in prison or some shit, blah, blah, blah. And I got to tell you, we're into it now. The very first episode, actually, they all kind of mumble talk through a lot of these episodes. So you're going to have to pay some pretty close attention. Or turn on Mm. the closed captioning. Or turn on the closed captioning. Because we found it very hard to kind of pay attention, hmm. uh, especially to the first episode. But it got good. Hmm. And and again, this is just sort of like a, a throw in there review. If you're looking for a, a counter to Jeremy Renner being the good guy in Hawkeye in a very PG rated or PG-13 rated Disney Marvel thing. Watch Mayor of Kingstown, although I find it very interesting that he is the mayor of Kingstown and Kate Winslet was mayor of Easttown. I was like, how is mayor spelled? And then when you started talking about it, I'm like, OK, it's regular mayor and not that mayor show. Right. Not like mayor is <laughs> in Mary or something like yeah, that. Yeah. This is mayor. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And and I'll tell you this. And I, yes, I'm going to trash. There is a scene on mayor of Kingstown. That just absolutely kills me every time I see it. And when I tell you people about what to look for when they shoot movies and TV shows, you will never unsee it. Mm. You can tell when it is fake raining outside, when you can clearly see sunshine in the background more so. This, (laughs) okay, so I don't know what the shooting schedule was. I honestly don't. They probably had to get shit done. And they were waiting for actual clouds to to go away or or come in or some shit. But two characters, Jeremy Renner and another character, are standing out on a porch after a funeral. And they're talking business. It is raining outside. But yet sunlight is hitting them both on their shoulders. (laughs) It's a sun shower. And I, and I, <laughs> which I have actually seen, and I'm sure you have too. And, all and that I have stuff. had it rain in the front yard, but be sunny in the backyard, which was the weirdest feeling and yes. sight ever. It was crazy. Yes. 
I have had that also. Same same thing, you know, but but I dislike it when shows want you to think it is the rainiest, gloomiest day because it's supposed to be a funeral, therefore they do that that cliche yeah. it's raining outside. Yeah. Wait till a fucking not wait till a cloudy day. Or, or wait till it's let sunset. Let the day be sunny. Uh, who cares? Or let the day be sunny or some shit. But come on, man. I mean, it, that's just cheap. That aside, mayor, mayor. Oh God, I was about to say mayor of Easttown again. <laughs> mayor of Kingstown on Paramount Plus. You could do worse. I also watched on Netflix the Unforgivable. Oh. It's the new movie with Sandra Bullock in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. How is that? Yes. Uh, she plays Ruth Slater, who is a woman released from prison. She has just served 20 years for murder. As you do. As you do. She apparently had murdered a sheriff who came to evict her and her five-year-old sister at the time. Oh, uh, from their home after her dad died. Her mom had died during childbirth, so Ruth had raised her little sister there up till the age of five, and her little sister's name is Katie. So Katie, uh, because there was no other family, she was adopted when Ruth was taken away to prison. Okay. And she gets released, and on that same day, Katie was driving somewhere and got into a car accident. So now she's in the adopted parents home again while she recovers from the car accident. And there she's got a sister at that house as well. Who's roughly about the same age. Meanwhile, the sheriff's kids have the, the older son has been stalking Ruth trying to figure out what she's doing because he doesn't think she should be out of prison because she murdered her, his dad. And he's trying to get, convince his younger brother to join in on this and get some revenge on her. And he's just like, yeah, no, leave it alone. And essentially this is what goes on around her, her trying to now she's trying to find her younger sister who's disappeared into the system because, you know, it's your younger sister. She never heard from her the whole time she was in prison. Um, she wants to know how she's doing, if she's doing okay. She wants to be a part of her life because it's her fucking sister that she raised until right. she was five. Right. Well, the younger sister doesn't really have any, any memory prior to being adopted. She has flashes of memory that are really kind of traumatic for her. Okay. But she can't remember a whole lot. of. She, she really ha can't remember anything. And, you know, the wackiness ensues. I don't want to give anything away. There, There is a twist. But once Dwight told me there's a twist, I'm like, oh, so blah, blah, blah happened. And he's like, no, he didn't know the twist. But he felt <laughs> but he felt my twist was just so out there. Like, no, that can't be true. I'm like, just watch. That's what's going to be. I totally knew what was what this twist was because. Yeah, it becomes it feels really obvious to me. And okay. you do see like the history of those two together in and little flashbacks and stuff and you know, the brothers of the cop come after her and other people hate her cuz she's a cop killer and she's trying to get a job somewhere. She's been 
she's kind of like a a carpenter. Like when she she lived in her dad's house, she built this built-in kind of a, a hutch sort of thing in the entryway, and she was in the carpentry. I don't know duty while in prison, but the uh, uh, you said duty. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and she went to get to a construction site to get a job, but you know she's a felon, so no, you can't get a job if you're a felon. But you still have to get a job for your parole. So what are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna go work at some fish factory doing dumb, you know, assembly line work. But she did manage to convince a guy who was remodeling a building to a, a community center. She walks in it because she's telling them, well, I'm glad you fired your whole crew because this wall is shoddy. And she just kind of touches it with her hand and it falls over. Like, you need somebody who knows what they're doing. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. This is wrong. That's wrong. And then so she gets hired doing that. So she's doing working on that on her own. She, so she's got the two jobs and, and that kind of thing. And Sandra Bullock does a really good job. Like, she's, like, they don't have her beautied up at all. She is, like, just makeup-free kind of look to her. And she looks really kind of like a wreck, mm-hmm. really. Which, you know, she just got out of prison. And after 20 years, she pretty much spent her whole life behind bars, essentially. I mean, I don't think she was that much older at the time. Uh, when she was convicted, I think she was, like, 18 or something. Okay. So she's just a woman who's trying to put her life back together and trying to get to see her sister, but the the parent the people who adopted her, you know, feel like what does this convicted murderer have to offer this girl? You know, we need to protect her. So, yeah. I, I it's really good. It's it's not uplifting by any means. It's really kind of a downer, but yeah. If you like that kind of drama and you want to see Sandra Bullock being not the beautiful Sandra Bullock, then The Unforgivable, it's it's pretty good and it's on Netflix. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you, mm-hmm. I watched an international show. International show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is right. called Creamery. 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 It is a New Zealand show. And it is on, um, where is this? It's on Hulu. And it stars nobody we would have heard of here. Okay. And it's it says it's a comedy. This is why I watched it. Mm-hmm. All right. Because, of course, I've been on my comedy fantasy kick. Please take me out of reality because I don't want drama right now. Gotcha. Um, And it's a show set in the not-too-distant future where a viral plague has swept the earth. In a matter of weeks, it decimated 99% of men. You see where I'm going with this. Uh The 1% that were still alive were sent to a place called the Facility in New Zealand but didn't survive or did they? Uh-huh. Each episode is roughly half an hour. And I can see some comedic elements to it. Well, one, very much like any other 
international show or hell, even mayor of Kingstown, you kind of have to put on the subtitles because they speak in a vernacular and at a speed that's very different from us. Yeah, if you're so not used you to get... listening to that accent, you're right. not going you catch need... on. Right. You need to get used to it before you kind of get into the flow of things. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see the comedy in this supposed comedy. Really? It, it's like the half hour, slightly lighter version of Why the Last Man. Hmm. Interesting. And at the end of the very first episode, guess what? They find a guy. Oh, what? No way. Way. Like you didn't see that coming. Hmm. But the thing about this show is that they actually have lotteries for insemination. Oh. Yeah. So they go to the creamery. Yeah. Insemination. Hmm, yeah. See what they did there? Never planned words. Yeah. So, yeah. but they, and they tell people, well, you've got a 50% chance of carrying this baby because obviously a male baby will not make it. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of women there who have been pregnant before and lost their kids. And I'm like, this is a comedy. I feel like this was kind of done sort of on American TV, but I don't, uh, I don't think it was like some big plague that killed off the men. I think it was more about women suddenly becoming infertile and being unable to have babies. I can't recommend Creamery. Hmm. Not because it's an international show, not because of the subject matter, but because I was duped. Uh, it's supposed to be comic, but there's nothing comedic about it. Well, like I said, there are a couple of lighter elements to it. It is mm -hmm. the lighter version, definitely, of Why of the, the Last Man. Man. But my God. How many episodes you know, did you watch? One. Oh, okay. And I'm done. Hmm. Okay. And I, and I say that just because I... I see where it's going because I watched a few episodes of Why the Last Man, and and I'm probably not giving this show the fairest shake in the world, and I admit that. But if I'm not seeing the true comedy in the first episode, I'm not going to hang around and wait to try to laugh. Right. If I'm told it's a comedy, it better be funny. I, I, I need something to at least say, hey, I'm a comedy, kind of like um, Bloods, that that uh, British show that I was watching. Uh -huh. You know, that's straight up comedy. You know, some of the jokes don't work, but at least they're joking. It's light. You know, it's it's doing its thing. This show, mm, not so much. Hmm. So that's that's creamery. If you go into it thinking dramedy or drama go ahead especially if you're into that post-apocalyptic men are no longer around kind of thing and and blah 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 mm -hmm. um but if you're looking for a comedy hell no it it ain't do you have any other non-christmasy thing yes i do all right spider-man no way home what yeah. <laughs> All right. So half an hour into our show, people. Mm -hmm. Today, today is Saturday, and Patty was nice enough to delay 
recording this show so that I could go to an afternoon show of Spider-Man No Way Home. And we went with a couple of friends. Well, okay, first of all, Laura got off work early because I was lucky enough to secure tickets right in the middle of the theater, right in the middle of the theater, right in the middle seats in that row. Excellent. Go you. I just happened to be online. And this, this proves a point, people. So do this. Don't trust all of the times being sold out. Check around the times that you want to go because they may have added a show. And that's what happened when I just happened to on Tuesday or Wednesday night be fiddling through. They must have added the show that we went to today, hmm. which was 1.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. There were only five seats taken in the entire auditorium when I ordered my seats. Oh, okay. And Laura agrees, you know, they must have just added that show. I got us primo seats. Woo-hoo. So my review is going to be spoiler free. And I and I do that because one this show is going to be released on Monday. So right after opening weekend. But I will say this as a warning. If you know nothing about anything other than what you may see may have seen in the trailers or in the TV spots, Get the fuck off the internet. Uh, Yeah. Because there are yahoos out there who, of course, put out their Easter egg things and their Easter egg videos and all that because they're geeks. They went to midnight shows and then probably saw it again so that they could write all their notes and record all their shit. And I get that. They're making money. And I wish we were. (laughs) But... I logged onto YouTube to look for something completely different, and I saw a still from this movie as their as their um, image of something I did not want to see yet. No, no. Now I had known, I had already known it was coming. Okay. So if you've kept up with at least some of the rumors about this movie then you can kind of guess where I'm going. I'm not going to reveal it. But if I hadn't known those things, I would have been pissed. So Spider-Man No Way Home takes place immediately after the events of Spider-Man, not Homecoming, but uh, Far From Home. Okay. At At the very end, when J. Jonah Jameson reveals because of the actions of Mysterio, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So everything I'm about to tell you is in the trailer. So that is spoiler free. So he goes to see Dr. Strange and says, can you do a spell that would make people forget that I am Spider-Man? Well, Peter himself ruins that spell and causes a rip in the multiverse. Of course he does. That allows different enemies from the Spider-Verse to come to our Earth. And you've already seen a couple of these. You've already seen Jamie Foxx. You've already seen um, Dr. Octopus. 
you know those people are there, and that's in the trailer. But there are several surprises in this movie that will blow your shit wide open. And those surprises, again, I am not going to tell you what they are because they are magnificent. Tie in the Netflix series. Remember a few years ago they did the series um, Daredevil and they did the series Jessica Jones and they did um, Luke Cage. Okay. Remember yeah. those yeah. Remember those mm-hmm. Marvel shows that were kind of offshoots? Yeah. This movie ties in those. Mm. It ties in the very recent What If okay. Disney Plus animated show. It obviously ties in Doctor Strange. And by chance, just by chance. Oh, and another thing that we watched the other day. I watched a lot of shit this week, people. <laughs> a lot of shit. We actually just happened to watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh. Yesterday. Because it was it's new and available for rental. So you can rent it for like five, six bucks. Okay. So I am so glad we saw that. This movie ties in beautifully multiple layers from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel TV Universe. Cool. In a way that in two and a half hours, which borders a little bit on feeling like two hours and 15 minutes, but but necessarily so, that it ties in everything so beautifully that I, I just wish I could shake Kevin Feige's fucking hand and say, my God, you are a master at planning shit out, dude. Because how they handle everything, and this is where the DC universe fails, at least up to this point, there is a plan. There is an absolute plan for all of these characters, always has been, always will be. And this movie... I have to say, was probably one of the most important Marvel movies to watch. Mm. If you are following all of these movies, these 25 or so movies by now, and David, shout out to David. What's up, David? You, you know, I don't know the exact number of Marvel movies right now and TV shows and all that stuff, but it ties them in. So I, I, I cannot say enough how much I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. You should absolutely go and see it. All right. Now, that being said, Mm -hmm. I bought the tickets, you know, a few days ago. But with the Omicron variant happening now... Mm. The one way that I felt even a modicum of, of comfort going to see this movie in a movie theater was that I have been boosted as well as as well as received my two initial shots. Well, you can't get boosted if you didn't have the two initials. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I mean, you got to get the initial ones to be boosted. 
Because if you haven't had the initial ones, then you're getting your first shot. Yes. Thank you for explaining my how that badly described. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Doctor uh -huh. Patty. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I felt comfortable because I have had all three of my shots. All right. And for the most part, people were wearing masks for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, but you can't sit in an auditorium and not mow down on the, that fucking delicious popcorn. Right. Because, my God, that was the first popcorn I've had in so many years. Really? And it was good. We decimated a bucket of it. Well, when oh, we went well, to go see, yeah, when we went to go see Shang-Chi, David and I, uh, I think I got like my regular candy, although I think Twizzlers were out at that time, but I did not get popcorn. So this is the first movie popcorn I have actually had in a good two years. Yeah, I just realized it's been a few years since going to the movies because at least, yeah, 2019 would be the last movies for some people. Yeah, so it would so, be years. And it was delicious. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely delicious. Now, there were people there without masks. Mm. So this, if you, and this movie is breaking records already. It already had a $121 million Friday. <clears throat> Not even a $121 million weekend, oh. but a $121 million Friday. Wow. This movie is breaking records and will probably be one of the top five grossing movies opening weekend of all time. Wow. Okay. But if you are not comfortable, if you are not vaccinated, and you are not willing to be... And, and theaters, you know, they're, they're fairly big, but they're still within four walls. If you're not comfortable sitting next to a stranger who may or may not be wearing a mask, you know, take those things into account before buying your tickets. Are theaters putting in like the buffer seats for the social distancing? Nope. No, nope. they're just selling that the whole damn house now. Gone. They are selling the house out. All right. So gone are those days too when they were selling only 30% of seats or whatever the hell it was. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's done. You're sitting next to strangers. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so, but I can't, I, I, it is going to be hard to, <laughs> he said hard. Uh -huh. um, it is going to be hard to be spoiler free and have yeah. to go on the internet for stuff. So do your best if you're going to hold off and wait to see it at home. But this is a movie I will absolutely buy when it becomes available to buy. And I cannot wait to see it again. Oh, all right. Because there's tons of Easter eggs in it. It pays off so much. So many things that you have already seen. And it, and it is a connector movie. It is truly a connector movie. So if you have watched some of the Disney Plus shows, if you have watched those Netflix shows, if you have watched, there's even a joke in it about the animated Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I was wondering if they circled that one in at all. They tie in everything. Nice. Yeah. So that is my spoiler riff, my spoiler free riffic review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Excellent. Yeah. Fair All right, now let's now. be Christmassy, yo. Woo! Q 
Cue the jingling bells. Uh, so the yeah. first one that I watched, this is a newer Christmas show or movie. It's on Netflix. It just came out this year. Um, not too long ago, a few days ago, really. It's called the A Boy Called Christmas. Okay. It's based on a book by the same name. And it has Kristen Wiig in it. She's got a little cameo. But Maggie Smith has a slightly larger bit in there as the narrator because she's telling some kids this story. Uh, their mom, the kids, the kid's mother has died. It's uh, three kids, Andrea, Moppet, and Patrick. Their mom died. Their dad has to run out for some big important work thing. So they invite over Aunt Ruth, who is an old, well, she's Maggie Smith. So she's now young spring chicken who has to, she's babysitting and watching over these kids. She tells them a story as, you know, Professor McGonagall will do. And of course the kids are upset because, oh, she's old. I don't want her in her house, but you know, too bad. Somebody's got to watch you kids. So she tells the story of Nicholas and his father, Joel, who is a woodcutter and they live in the forest Nicholas's mother has died two years prior to this and dad's telling him all about the legend of this place called Elfhelm. Mm. A young girl found this magical place that's inhabited by elves and they helped her survive the winter. And so he's learning about this Elfhelm place. And uh, a, a night, a little mouse comes in, and Nicholas makes it his his little friend. And he tries to teach him to talk. And one day, the king calls all of his subjects to the castle, promising a big reward for somebody to find out and bring something to our kingdom to prove to bring hope back to our kingdom. And so Nicholas's dad joins some guys because they're going to go to Elfhelm. They're going to find it and prove that it exists. And they're going to bring something back that will bring hope to the kingdom. So he brings in, Joel leaves Nicholas with his aunt, Carlotta, who she looks totally sus. And she is sus once dad's gone. And that aunt is played by Kristen Wiig. Okay. Yeah. And so she kicks him out of the house because she's a bitch. And makes him sleep outside with his mouse. She's taken over the house. Won't feed him or anything. And so he's had enough. And when he throws some hat that his mother made for him into the fire or whatever. He saves it and is angry because, you know, that's his mom made him that hat. Mm -hmm. And he decides he's going to go find his dad by heading out north. Um, inside his hat apparently is a map to what his mother told him is Elfhelm. So he goes off to find it because that's where he believes his dad has gone. And that is the beginning of the story of this whole bringing hope to the kingdom and Elfhelm full of hope and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's a cute little Christmas story. It's got Maggie Smith and Kristen Wiig in it and other people. Um, Steve or Jim Broadbent is in it. Um, those are the people whose names I recognize. Where can people watch this? 
as I said, this is A Boy Called Christmas on Netflix. Oh, excuse me. Yes, I told you this when I started okay. it all. While you well, were not maybe paying if attention I if, to my whole review. Well, maybe if I had gotten my <laughs> booster after my two fucking shots, maybe but I would have paid see? attention. Yeah, don't get boosted before your first two shots, man. That That's not going to help you. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's not your usual Christmas. Well, it is once you start watching it, it is the usual Christmas story. Really, this guy called this boy called Christmas. What do you think is gonna happen there? And yeah, but it's cute. It's a cute little story. It's good for the family to watch. Um, nothing really terrible goes on. Yeah. Okay. It's a cute little story. So the first thing I've got is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Dum, nice. Dum, dum. Nice. I went completely horror. All right. So everybody knows how much I love Die Hard. Everybody knows how much I love A Christmas Story. And Patty laid down the gauntlet last week and said, you're not going to do your normal shtick. Like, yeah, let's right. not use. To, yeah, Yes, that's the point of this is not to have the same old Christmas stuff because we did that last year. Go listen to our last right. year's Christmas show if you want right. to know our favorite classic Christmas movies. Right. So the first one I've got is Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's from 1984. Mm -hmm. And the advertising campaign actually got this movie pulled after a week of, uh, of being at the box office. Really? Because of the image of Santa going down a chimney with an axe on the oh, poster it's actually yeah. a very highly collectible poster by the way mm. uh it's about a kid who's raised in an orphanage after he because he thinks santa punishes the naughty after he sees his parents get killed then the kid grows up to be a killer santa claus and he keeps saying naughty punish <laughs> and it is cheesy it is cheesy 80s horror oh my god about a guy dressed as Santa Claus hacking people up. You can watch this movie free on Tubi. Hmm. Uh, whether that is on your streaming device or on your phone on an app. But it is classic 80s horror to the max. And it is Christmas themed. Wonderful. Yeah. The other new thing that I watched. It's also brand new on Netflix. There's a new Shaun the Sheep movie. It is John the Sheep, The Flight Before Christmas. And this is like all those uh, Wallace and Gromit stop motion Sean the Sheep movies. Sean is the star of the thing. Nobody talks in this. There's almost no dialogue other than a few little kind of things. Uh -huh. And so this is uh, Christmas is happening. And all the sheep are decorating the barn with their tree and stuff for Christmas. And Gromit brings in a box with some stockings to be hung up. But the sheep are like, what the fuck? These are tiny ass stockings. Come on. And Sean looks into the farmhouse and sees that, you know, Wallace and Gromit have these gigantically long stockings and they will fit more presents. So he decides he's going to break into the farmhouse and get those bigger stockings. Okay. Well, as he does that, the little, uh, little tiny sheep, little lamb, I, I guess, I don't know. They say it's, his name is Timmy on the internet. So Timmy We're goes with him. Timmy. Yep. He goes with him into the farmhouse to help him steal these stockings. When um, uh, 
Wallace comes downstairs dressed as Santa because he's going off to do some stuff. And Timmy believes he's Santa and starts following him. And then Sean realizes Timmy's gone. So now him and the flock have to go hunt down through their antics. Little Timmy sheep. Lamb sheep. Whatever. To bring him home so they can have Christmas. And that's that's the whole that's all what it's about. Okay. And you know, if you like the Wallace and Gromit or any of the past Sean the Sheep things, this is for you. Because that yet you know what you're gonna get. Okay. And it's on Netflix. So I'm gonna combine these next two. Okay. Just because they just happen to be written and uh directed by the same guy. Hmm. Uh, And his name is Shane Black. Shane Black is a a big action movie writer, and you can actually see him as one of the soldiers in the original 1987 Predator. Okay. Well, he wrote an action movie uh, back in the 90s called The Long Kiss Goodnight that starred Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, And... uh, Gina Davis plays a school teacher and a single mom who lives an average suburban life until she starts to have these really strange visions and memories of unexplained violence. What? And she can and she <laughs> actually has skills that physical skills that she never imagined. Hmm. And um she hires a private detective played by Samuel Jackson to probe into her past and she discovers that she's a well-trained government assassin and the movie just happens to take place uh, around christmas so is it your traditional christmas movie no no but if you're looking for something different there is that Mm -hmm. uh the other one is from 2005 and it's called kiss kiss bang bang oh i've seen that and it's great. It is a comedy action picture, comedy buddy action picture mm-hmm. starring Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a thief who, um, after being mistaken for an actor, he gets sent to Hollywood to train under a private eye for a potential movie role. And that, that private eye is played by Val Kilmer. And together they solve a murder. <sighs> So that movie also just happens to take place around Christmas time. All right. And they are both solid action pictures. So if you're looking for something different, things that are well-written and are very unconventional, The Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996, which you can actually watch on Tubi, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005, you will have to rent that because I don't think it is streaming anywhere. Okay. All right. All right. So I have not seen this one, but I wanted to talk about it being out so that anybody who's looking for a Christmas thing can watch it. Uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. Yeah. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. It came out on December the 1st, and it's on the Roku channel. That's where you can watch it. Um, I have to check and see if I have the Roku channel, but that's where you can watch it at. 
And uh, this is going to follow Zoe after her father's passing as she tries to make a Christmas special for her, make Christmas special for her family, just like he did. And this, uh, it says in, in the internet that this is going to wrap up all of those loose ends from the second season. So if you are totally into Zoe's extraordinary playlist, this will help seal up and tie it all up with a bow for you so that you can enjoy your, your, you know, you feel like Zoe's been completed. So I have to find the Roku channel to make sure that I can, I can watch it. I don't know if you can, unless you actually have a Roku device. My smart TV says something about Roku, has some kind of Roku something there. So I might be able to, maybe I'm going to check and I will report back my findings. One of my favorite uh, movies that takes place around Christmas and people bill it as a Christmas movie. So maybe it is. Uh, it's Nicolas Cage Leone movie, The Family Man. Oh my God, that's a great movie. It is a great movie. I really like it. Oh, so, that's a great movie. It's about this businessman who's you know, like he's all this financial businessman, super rich, working his way up. The, he's like made his way up the ladder. He's a bachelor living in this giant New York City palace essentially he's just put together a multi-billion dollar merger he's got his flashy car and all that and he wakes up one morning with his uh college girlfriend who is now his wife and all the children pouncing on him suddenly he's a married guy living working in her dad's like car dealership or something barely scraping by and Taya Leone is his his wife and Don Cheadle is the angel that makes that happen yes Don Cheadle's the angel that makes it happen Jeremy Piven is one of his neighbors best his best friend neighbor or something and yeah 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 it's oh, a fun that's movie a... it's like like yeah it's like the alternate reality kind of thing and he's but he remembers his his original reality and tries to get back that fancy ass life because he feels he can make it work and his wife Taya Leone's like aren't you just happy with us I thought you were happy with us as our family you know yeah it's it's yeah. kind of a, a different kind of take on it's a wonderful life yes exactly yes and but it, in reverse yeah yeah there's another movie similar to it uh it's a British movie with a, a female lead called me myself I which was really good. Okay, so similar. And that movie was from 1999, and it starred Rachel Griffiths. And it's the same kind of a premise where she wakes up one day after being single, and she suddenly got these kids, and she's trying to figure out how to how to deal with that. Like, yeah, she was a journalist and living alone, being lonely, reflecting on her life choices, trying to figure out like where she went wrong. But uh, The Family Man is considered a Christmas movie because it does take place right around Christmas time. Yeah. I think we oh, that's see a good like movie. a Christmas good call. day. Yeah. Good call on that one. Yeah. And then the last one is one that I saw just before all the pandemic shit went down. It is actually called Last Christmas. And okay. it's got, um, that's the one that starred Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Yeah, um, the, featuring the music of George Michael. Yeah, and it was like 
they took the song name to create inspire this movie and uh so our young girl she's an aspiring young singer uh working a dead-end job as an elf at a year-round christmas store in london oh that's gotta suck yeah and that's our amelia clark um and she starts noticing this guy standing around and walking around and in random places and she just starts hanging out with him and trying to find him then again because she thought he was kind of cool and so she starts volunteering at a homeless shelter and uh, just a bunch of different things going around and it's kind of a romance but it's got that twist at the end and yeah it, it was a, it was a cute movie I don't need to tell you the whole thing about it um, I have no idea where you could see it probably online somewhere I didn't look up where these could be found, to be honest with you. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, just Google it. Last Christmas, not the song, but the movie with Amelia Clark. It is really cute. It was a really cute movie. Oh, good. All right. And having uh, Henry Golding, um, who's not your typical beautiful white guy, as uh, the male romantic lead. He's a British-Malaysian actor. Yeah, he's he's a handsome bastard. He is very handsome. And having somebody, you know, not your usual lead in these things with Amelia Clark was nice to see. And ah, yeah, cool. So so there you go. Family Man Last Christmas. Those are some some alternates to the usual Christmas stuff that you're watching. All right. I've got a quick three more. Okay. And then we're out, people. Then we're out. <laughs> All right. All right, shout out to Terry. What's up, Terry? Hey, Terry. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Now, it is theoretically a Thanksgiving uh, movie mm -hmm. because John Candy is trying to help Steve Martin get back home to Chicago in time for Thanksgiving Day dinner with his family. Okay. But it is a holiday movie. And it just happens to be Terry's favorite holiday movie. Oh, okay. And and that's why it came to my mind. Hmm. And it is a classic. Now, we she and I actually had this discussion that the entire movie would not happen today because of technology. You know, he is unable to book a, a rental car. He's unable to call home and all that stuff because cell phones were not invented in 1987. Right. Or at least, you know, they were only for the uber rich and they were gigantic brick phones. So this movie could not be made today because there would have been so many ways that dude would have gotten home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just with technology of today. So you have to watch that movie knowing that the year is 1987. Mm -hmm. But it is a very charming John Hughes movie that stars John Candy and Steve Martin, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, the next movie I have is Gremlins. Oh. And that's from 1984. And sidebar, when I graduated grammar school back in June of 1984, uh, that was the movie that I took myself to to celebrate my graduation downtown. Nice. How lovely. But in downtown Chicago, I went to the Chicago theater and every other fucking child in all of Chicago went to that theater that day and I couldn't hear shit. Oh, so I had to go to Water Tower Place to see it again. Oh, my God. 
but it's a that's a movie about a gadget salesman. You know, your typical one of these days I'm going to make it big selling a gadget kind of guy mm-hmm. who's played by Hoyt Axton. And uh, he's looking for a very special gift for his son uh, for Christmas, and he finds one in Chinatown. But the shopkeeper is reluctant to sell him the Mogwai with the three warnings. Do not expose him to bright light. Do not get him wet. And no matter what you do, never, ever feed him after midnight. And of course, all three of those fucking things happen, of or else you wouldn't have do. a movie. Yes, I mean, why would and, he tell you the rules if they're not going to be broken? Right. Zach Galligan is the kid. Phoebe Cates is the girlfriend, and it is directed by Joe Dante. And you can catch it on HBO Max. Oh, nice! Because the gang of gremlins tears up the town on Christmas Eve. Wonderful. The last movie that I have is the comedy classic Trading Places that stars Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Two old rich guys decide to do an experiment and flip the financial lives of Dan Aykroyd, who is a very successful guy who's got a fiance and a butler and all that. And they live in kind of like a Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. And, and that means nothing to anybody outside of Philadelphia, but it's highfalutin. It's mm-hmm. like living on the North Shore in Chicago. Okay. Or, you know, Beverly Hills. Beverly, yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eddie Murphy is a homeless dude who is lovable, but he cracks wise and is begging for change. And one day, uh, he just happens to bump into Dan Aykroyd, trying to hand him back his briefcase. But Dan Aykroyd thinks he's a thief and gets him thrown in the jail. And that's when um, the two old guys decide to do an experiment and flip them, give Eddie Murphy money to see what would happen. It's it's the whole take on nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. If Dan Aykroyd, who has been nurtured all of his life, and and in his nature has been born rich, what would happen and would he succeed as a poor person? And Eddie Murphy, who has had the, the exact opposite happen, would he succeed as a rich guy? And uh, the movie is from 1983. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and who actually won a British Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for this film. Hmm. She won a BAFTA for, for this movie. Uh, you can catch it on Hulu and Amazon Prime, apparently, but that is Trading Places. And that's all I got for non-traditional Christmas movies. All right. Yeah. So there you are, people. You got you got a ton of reviews yeah, in this show. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit here, yeah. We are chock full of stuff. Do us a favor. Log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button or engage with us on social media at symbol the watchlist Pod. At symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice. First of all, have you seen Spider-Man No Way uh, No Way Home? And also, if you have, what's your review of it? And what are some of your favorite non-traditional Christmas movies? Let us know. Uh, are we missing something? Hey, we got a uh, we got a few more days before the big day. Yeah, share them. You know, share them, and we will in turn share them. You know, on the socials. So yeah. There you go. Cool. 
Yeah. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about next week. Uh, New Year's stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should we do that show drunk? Uh, we could try. That would be kind of hilarious. I haven't actually been drunk in a very long time. Right? Yeah. Is it is it that when you get older, it's not as important or it's not as fun or you just sleep like balls late the next day because you don't have the resiliency you used to? I, I, I think it's just not that fun, maybe. Oh. I don't know. It's more like selective fun. I guess, yeah. So where we used to go out and drink and woo all over the place, and now it's like I, I want to plan if and when I'm going to get well, get some drinks. Even when I had the whole, you know, uh, all-inclusive Jamaican vacation, I still didn't drink enough to even get buzzed. Really? I don't know why. I mean, I had all the stuff right there, but I, I just didn't. Well, it didn't as, appeal to me as something I wanted to do. I didn't want to be the that drunk person wandering around the resort. Well, true that. But and and Lord knows that I would be because I am even though I am a large man, I am a lightweight, especially ah. if I don't if I don't eat anything, one solid drink and I'm buzzed. Yeah, on an empty stomach, I learned that the hard way. That was yeah. a ter- then that was a terrible Christmas. Oh. That was on Christmas all day, not eating a damn thing, and then having a giant tumbler of screwdriver with the cheapest vodka money could buy. And oh my oh. God. Oh, man. And vodka makes all the difference. Oh, man. It really does. Gin, was- too. Gin, vodka, your clear shit. Yeah, buy buy the expensive shit, people, because it will benefit you in the long run. Yeah, and I I, uh, I end up spending the night at Tammy's house. Did you? Because oh, because yeah, oh, well, yeah. you couldn't make it home. Yeah. Oh, I was all of that delicious dinner was back in the horked toilet. up. Yeah, <laughs> I was a mess. I was a mess. Any hoozy. Fun on New Year's. Anyway, all <laughs> that right, was people. Christmas. That was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what day is Christmas this year? I mean, I know. Okay, don't give it's me that December Saturday. the 25th shit. Okay. All it's right, on Saturday. Fine. All right. So this is legitimately our Christmas show. Mm-hmm. So if you celebrate Christmas, pe- I, I thought, I, I swear to God, I thought you were going to say, it's December, December 25th, 25th. Bill. <laughs> no, anyway, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. And no matter which holiday you celebrate, whether your holidays have passed or if they're coming up, have a wonderful holiday season, people. And please be safe and do what you need to do to keep your family safe. And just remember to take care of yourselves during the holiday season as well. That's dreadfully important. Yes. But Merry Christmas, Patty. Merry Christmas, Bill. Thanks. And we will catch everybody next time. Okay? Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.